BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joe's Weather World, your only weather podcast dedicated to Kansas City. Hi, everyone. I'm Fox 4 meteorologist Joe Loria. Welcome to another edition of Joe's Weather World. If you're asking yourself, what's Joe's Weather World? It's, it's What's Joe's Weather World, Joe? Yes. All right. Settle down over there. <laughs> um, basically, it's a world where everybody gets the weather they want. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's wonderful. You get sunshine. You get snow. If you like warm weather, you get warm weather. If you Excellent. like cold weather, you get cold weather. It's whatever kind of weather you want because I'm an equal opportunity. My, you're you're the right. Willy Wonka of weather. I, all right. So here's <laughs> the deal. If you have not recognized the voice that you hear already cutting into me, and with good reason, uh, that is a, um, I don't want to say friend because we've only kind of visited a couple of times over these yeah, many many years true. but and usually it's some sort of charity charity thing, thing yeah. or or i've had him out uh i've had this gentleman out uh for one of our local ams meetings right. way back when and i thought he did a fabulous job and i've been an admirer of her of him uh for many years and i'll tell you why here in a second anyway the man who doesn't need much of an introduction <clears> but <throat> since you can't see who it is across from me right now is uh former channel nine former channel 41 yeah we're running out of stations former everything <laughs> if i can get hired and fired by four and five i got it licked well we're gonna work on that Hot for you dog. too there you go it's joel nichols <laughs> yes. ladies and gentlemen and uh, Joel's been, of course, connected and here in Kansas. How many years have you been? Well, Kansas thirty City? some years now. Thirty some years. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, thirty-two, thirty-three. I don't know, somewhere in there. So I'm going to start this out, and I think I, if I remember this correctly, I paid this compliment to him um, when I introduced him to this meeting that we had uh, years ago here down in on the plaza. Down yeah. at the plaza, who I have found uh, when Joel was on, that Joel was probably. One of the did two things I thought extremely well. One, I thought he was, and you are, a great communicator of weather Thank and you. communicator in general. Okay. And two, I thought of everybody here in Kansas City that you were probably the best ad libber <laughs> that walked down the street, that nothing could ever throw you for a loop, that you would always have something of a quip or something ready to go, yeah. regardless of what situation was brought to you. So well, you're my very friend, kind to say that. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, bring him on to Joe's Weather World and, and talk about uh, your career and what you're up to now and, and stuff like that. So uh, as I mentioned, Joel Nichols is our guest. So let's get into it, Joel. Yes, sir. All right. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. Many, many years ago, when you were growing up. Almost everything up, about my life now starts with that. <laughs> many, many years many, ago. Many, many years ago. <laughs> when you were growing up. See, now I remember when I first got to Kansas City 25 years ago that yeah. uh, you were doing weekend weather. No. I'm probably mornings. You were doing morning weather at Channel 9. Yeah. 
And so many, 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 many years ago, did you have a desire to do weather? How did you end up uh, here, first of all, in Kansas City? Well, first of all, let me just say, going into this, that I admire people like you and uh, your good friend, our mutual friend, Brian Busby, uh-huh. and, and Gary Lezak, who really have a passion for weather. I really do. I admire that, and I admire the education you've gone through and the seriousness with which you take uh, your work. I, on the other hand... <laughs> When, Took a different track. Yes, absolutely. Because I I graduated from the University of Wisconsin Madison with a degree in education okay. to be a teacher, and then I didn't get a teaching job right away, and I ended up working for a state legislator. I, I wrote speeches, I wrote columns, I researched bills. I mean, I took care of constituent issues. I did that in Madison, Wisconsin. And while I was there, uh, there was a local cable station called WYOU, and this was back during the sort of Wayne's World era of cable TV. So where are we, late 70s, early 80s? Yeah, in the, in the 80s somewhere, 80s, where you okay. didn't really, it was cable, everybody could get a show on cable right, TV. back in the day. You know, here in, locally, Tom Leathers was a man who did mm-hmm. local cable for a long time. So they're, they're, they were doing a little show in Madison, Wisconsin. They wanted to call it Good Evening Madison. You could volunteer to go be a part of this show. And since I expected to teach someday, I thought, well, I should learn something of broadcasting. That would be a good thing to know. So, And my dad had been in broadcasting when I was a little, little kid. So I thought, I'm going to go see what that's like. So I volunteered. They made me one of the co-hosts because I really am technically incompetent. So they said, well, then go up there. So I, uh, <laughs> I uh, was a co-host of this show. And we had we were on Monday nights live every Monday night. We had like three viewers, and then one died. You know, right. so now we're down to two. Uh, so we didn't, but we learned. All of us working on it learned a lot. And while I was there, I started to do little feature stories for the local NBC affiliate in Madison. Okay, and that kind of came to its natural end because the show I was doing the stories for was canceled. And the uh, general manager of that station got a hold of me and said, "Hey, we need a weekend weatherman for uh, WMTV Channel 15, and would you be interested in that?" And I said, I'm sure I'd be interested, but you have to understand that I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, got my degree in education. I took meteorology, flunked the six-week exam, and dropped the course. So, And she said, you're hired! (laughs) (laughs) Shocking! So uh, she said, well, I'm more concerned with the idea that you communicate the story well. You know, you, I grew up in Wisconsin, and she said, you grew up here, you can learn the weather part mm-hmm. of it. So, and our Monday through Friday weather guy was a man named Elmer Childress, who was from Wichita, Kansas originally, and he was a gospel singer, really. Really? He was not a, a scientist the way you are or, or others. He was just a, a, you know, broadcaster, which is kind of what I thought, well, I'm just a broadcaster. I'll do whatever they hand me to do. I'll go do it. So uh, he was on Monday through Friday. I was on on the weekends. And there was no morning news at that time in Madison. And uh, my wife-to-be was still graduating from college. And so um, I didn't really want to leave. But we said, let's send out, in the old days, tapes, you know, big clunky tapes. Let's send out tapes. So I sent out a few tapes. Nobody cared. Nobody was interested in me. And I respect that, even Mm -hmm. to this day, that they would not be interested. (laughs) Um, But somehow Channel 9, uh, the news director there, a, a very brilliant man and a very nice guy, Brian Brocko, he uh, saw my work somehow, and I, I don't know why. I was doing feature stories for PM Magazine, which used to be on everywhere. Right, so I would do PM Magazine stories, and I would do weather on the weekends, and I did whatever they asked me to do. And he saw some of that, and he uh, called and said, would you like to come to Kansas City from Madison and audition, and you know, we'll see how it goes. So I came down here and auditioned with the amazing Marie Antonia, and uh, 
they he hired me for some reason. There was a gas leak some in the crazy building. Crazy thing. Yeah, there was a gas leak, and he just was not thinking clearly. Obviously. And so he uh, hired me for this, what was then the first morning news show in Kansas City. Uh, and we were only on for a half hour way back when, 6.30 to 7. Oh, my gosh. You know? How this changed. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Oh, my Lord. And so Maria would do the news. I would do the weather. We'd chat. And my kids, all four of my kids were born while I was on that show. So we have video of the days they were born. And when we watch them, the pace is so much easier and slower. And Maria and I kind of visit. And it's very different than today. It, it was kind of, even in the time that I've been here, it was it, it was kind of more of a for lack of a better way of phrasing it, kind of like a radio show except on Absolutely. television, right? Absolutely. It was more of a, just a more casual, all right, here's a little news, here's a little weather. Yeah. Now, you know, blah, 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 Very blah, blah, folks, blah, Yeah. You know, talk about our kids and show some pictures and whatever. And uh, so I did that on the, with Maria, and we were on that show for eight or nine years together, I think. And then she, uh, the hours are brutal, as you would right. well know. And so she finally said, I really, you know, the hours are a little much. So she shifted her shift. I still kind of did that. Uh, and most of the 30 years or so that I was at nine, I did the mornings. There were a couple mm-hmm. years where I did weekends, but most of the years it was the mornings. And uh, never, I never made any bones about the fact that I'm not a meteorologist. I don't have the seal. I didn't study that. I just kind of... I, and so my weather casts, such as they were, were always kind of phrased in very sort of real people sort of ways. Which is what one of the things that... I thought, and as I started with, is I just found uh, at the time when I got here and, and for years afterwards that my head was in maps and, and numbers and data and models and blah, 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 blah. And here you are, uh, not, to, not to diminish th- those things that you might have done, but here you, are, here you were just communicating a great weather story, well, and which it, in the end is all that really matters <laughs> in, in the end, I think. You know, and that's all. And I, it was not by design. It was just this is the only way I can tell this right. story because I don't know all the things like Joe Loria knows about weather. Mm-hmm. So I can only tell the story as it would relate to my kids <laughs> or, or, you know, or whatever like right. that. So um, and so I did that and uh, did it for a very long time and um, did. I mean, I learned more about the actual science of weather while doing it. Just by osmosis. By osmosis. And, yeah. But I never claimed to be anything. And I remember being at a uh, an event for, I think it was called Animal Haven at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, but I can't remember what it's called now. But it was called Animal Haven at the time. And I think that actually, your, again, your good friend uh, Gary Lezak mm-hmm. was there to do something. And uh, he was so kind to me. And I, I, when I think I introduced him. And I said, here's a real scientist. I said, I am not. <laughs> I said, and he was so kind about it. And he said, no, no, no. He said, you're, you know, the science part of it is important. But he was, I thought, well, that's awfully nice. And you've been so nice to say what you said. And Busby was always very patient mm-hmm. with me about the fact that, Brian, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was only one time, and I will not name names because you still have to work and live in this town. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I. There was one time when I was, uh, they had redesigned the Weather Center, and they put an AMS seal up on the wall, and I didn't think much of it, and I was doing weather, and somebody, not any of the names we have mentioned, but somebody from a different station called and kind of ranted at Brian Busby. You cannot have that sign up when Joel's on the air because he is not an AMS seal person. And 
Uh, I didn't have any problem one way or the other. So these poor people had to make an AMS seal with Velcro on the back so that when Busby <laughs> would do weather, Put they the could have up. it up. Oh my and when gosh. I did weather, it would just said Channel 9. Holy <laughs> moly. And I thought, you know, that's fine. I mean, and I, the person who called it in, I understood that he or she was upset because they may have felt I was trying to claim something that I have no business claiming. So I was not the least bit perturbed, but it was just a little thing where, you know, they had to make an adjustment because wow. their weather, me, right. I'm not that smart. Not there you go. <laughs> so just to show you how dumb I am, I, you, could have, you could have still been doing this for 50 years, and I never would have noticed. Well, I never would have cared. I never would have noticed. I was like, okay, it's just part of their set, whatever. Well, but this one but person this did. But this one person apparently he did notice. And then when, uh, um, and this goes, I'm old, so I can mention old people. Uh, uh, but when Fred Brosky retired from television. I remember watching Fred when I first got Yeah, yep. and he called me, and uh, he said, you're the last one. And I said, Fred, what are you talking about? He said, Dan's already retired, right. Dan Henry. And he said, I'm retiring. And he said, you're the last sort of old-fashioned broadcaster who happened to do weather. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, I think you're it. <laughs> and so You, you might have been it, right? I, I think I was it. Yeah. Uh, and so when I was at 9, for example, yes, I did weather Monday through Friday, every morning. I mean, I, And when there was severe weather, and especially when it used to be just Busby and me, because there was a certain period of time where our weekend weather person was not here during the week. So if there, we were kind of together a lot if it was severe weather. But I also did a kid's show called Jelly Beans, which now the people come up to me and they're like six foot eight and smoking cigars. <laughs> I was on Jelly Bean. <laughs> Uh, you know, but they were little kids then, and I did a you know a Collecting public affairs Social Security, show. It's not a good look. <laughs> you know, so I did. A, I was able to do so many things at nine uh, in broadcasting, weather certainly being one of them. And then at forty-one, I didn't do any weather there. Uh, I did uh, Kansas City Live, and I did my own little talk show, and I did morning hits for the news. And the first person who called me when uh, it was kind of announced that I was going to forty-one was Gary Lezak, just out of the blue, to say, you know, happy to have you here. Thanks for coming. It's going to be fun and great to have you. And I thought that is really nice because I do fully understand uh, that when it comes to weather, like I've said, you and, and so many others studied it, take it seriously, really work hard on this thing. And when I tell my silly little story, I don't want to ever diminish that. So, you know, it's interesting, I think, because... Like I mentioned, I th it just comes down to the viewers at home sort of get that aspect, the sciencey aspect, I think. Um, and it's the part that I try to revel in. But I think in the end, they just want to understand why you're saying what you're saying. And they want to figure out, especially now in this day and age where we got apps right. everywhere and our competition isn't really within the business, our competition to exactly. me. Exactly are these phones. It's that gadget, absolutely. It's the gadget. Um, they just want somebody who is a friendly face, and at least to me, who, oh, okay, you made me smile. I, I, I just think it's so important and to it make people be smile. That, because right? they, like you're saying, they can get information they other places. They can get places. it all from the phone. So what's going to make it different? You, right. Joe Loria, will make it different. Right. You know, I mean, that has to be the difference. Otherwise, they just look at their gadgets. So what aspect of all of this that you've done, and you've done so many multifaceted things over None of the them years, well, right? and I'm proud of that, too. <laughs> but even if you did all of them just a little well, <laughs> which ones did you... Or which one did you enjoy more? Did you you enjoy the TV weather part of it? Did you enjoy your late night show? 
more? Did you enjoy uh, the morning, the 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 um, home type right. show yeah, that yeah. you did? Which one did you enjoy the most? Uh, well, I enjoyed. Here's the thing: I did come to understand that doing the weather was an important thing for people; that right. it did matter to their day. Right. And so, while I was not kind of wired that way initially. I did come to appreciate how important that was to folks that you were talking to. So uh, I enjoyed knowing that maybe it was making a small difference for people. And I certainly enjoyed doing morning news because of the people I worked with. I mean, Maria was and is spectacular and has been a friend for over 30 years. And, uh, you know, Donna Pittman. And I worked with all these different people. And I just really enjoyed working with so many different people. For my own personal point of view, that talk show was always pretty special to me was it because uh we did a half hour and i did 15 years of it on nine and another uh, four years i guess on 41 and you know when you can just sit and talk to somebody for 20 minutes you know uh and somebody and it doesn't have to be a famous person but just somebody has a story to tell i really kind of enjoyed that and, and i think of the things that i'm not doing now uh i probably miss doing that show the most two so let's go ahead and kind of center ourselves on that show for a second. Of all those people, and you would interview hundreds. Oh yeah, over the probably. Years. Yeah. Um, any memorable ones? Yeah, for I, you. I, I mean, I've had really the very. Uh, this is uh, the first person I ever did a talk show with. See, the way this kind of happened is. People won't necessarily remember this. Some will. But it used to be that TV wasn't on all the time. It would go off the air at midnight. At midnight or <laughs> right, 1 a.m., the star Spangled Banner, and that would be it. Exactly, and the night was them. over. Yeah. And I think we were healthier as a society <laughs> yes, when that happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, but all of a sudden, ABC came along and said, we're going to start doing an overnight news. Yep. And that meant the ABC affiliates were going to have these little pockets that were empty. Where they need to fill. And so some of that is filled and is filled now almost exclusively sometimes by infomercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, at Channel 9, uh, Brian Bracco and a programming guy came to me and said, hey, would you want to try to do a half hour every week that could maybe fill one of these uh, uh, little spots? I said, sure. So the first person that I asked to do that show was Len Dawson. Perfect guest. I, I figured, you know, Lenny would know... And I, when I asked him, I said, first of all, this may never air because I don't know. We might do this and they might decide, no, we're not doing it. But so I knew he would understand that. And uh, he was accessible and he was one of the nicest people I've ever met in this town. And uh, so I said, would you be my first guest? And he said, sure. And, he, and I said, he said, what time is it? And I said, well, we are going to try to tape around 10 o'clock in the morning. And he said, I, that's way early. <laughs> <laughs> that is way early. Because Lenny at the time was doing sports. Yeah, yeah. right. And right. he said, you know, unless it's a tea time, that's <laughs> way early. I relate. Uh, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. So, but he came in and did it, and I and it was good. And the second guest I ever had on that show was um, Steve Allen. Okay. The great Steve Allen. Yeah. Who uh, tonight was, show? And right. Without him, there may not be a Leno and all the rest. Right. Of Letterman was, Allen you know, right. said many a time that yep. it was, you know, Steve Allen that really propelled him. Exactly. Yeah. So he's. I walk out in front of uh, the station one day, and before Facebook and Twitter and everything, the way people would tell you about things. Truly, the good old days. <laughs> They would sometimes um, staple a flyer to a telephone pole. <laughs> so I come out and I see this flyer on this telephone pole, and it says Steve Allen's coming. He's going to be at a, a spiritual book conference because he had written a new book about spirituality. And it told me the date, and I thought, you know what? He probably won't do it, but I'm going to try. Take a flyer. So I've somehow found his office number in uh, Beverly Hills or Hollywood or wherever it was, and I called it. 
you know, because I called information. I got that. It's all so old-fashioned, <laughs> the way it's done. And this woman answered, very nice Tell me woman. you didn't call collect. Uh, no. Okay, good. But that would have been even better. <laughs> From now on, when I tell this story, <laughs> I will say that. Feel I'll free. Call, yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, I said, hey, I've got this little show. It's in Kansas City. I know Mr. Allen's coming to town. Would he be at all interested in doing it? And to my surprise, she said, well, if you can pick him up at the hotel and bring him to your station, sure. He needs transportation. Otherwise, sure. I thought, wow, that is really cool. So this, we do the morning news in the morning. It's kind of a chilly November day. I get in my car, and at the time, I had a little uh, Ford Escort, a two-door Ford Escort. And I had, my wife and I had two kids at the time, so there were toys in the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I drive from what is now, what used to be the Lyric, well, it still is the Lyric Opera Building, I guess, becoming the new downtown YMCA. That's right. yep. But I went from that, where the station was, and I drove over to the uh, hotel he was staying. It was very close by. And I go in, and I'm standing in the lobby waiting for Steve Allen. And uh, so for younger people, st- seeing Steve Allen walk off an elevator for me would be like some that's, of these people seeing, you know, I guess Colbert or somebody. Yeah, no, that's or, a I big mean, deal. It's a big deal for me. Yeah. So he walks off the elevator, and he's a big man. He's a tall guy, and he's wearing a big, heavy winter coat. And he's got a bit of a cold, so he's got a muffler in, or a scarf on. Um, that's how old I am, Joe. I call them mufflers. Um, it's from watching a lot of old Watching reruns. those old shows. <laughs> Put on your muffler. Okay. Uh, so he, he comes out, and I said, Mr. Allen, I'm here to take you to your TV interview. And he said, okay, very good. We walk out front, and I know he's kind of looking around for a, a car something, or something, a town car right, or yeah. something. And we walk over to this little gray Escort with two doors. And I open the door for him, and he kind of looks at me, and he looks at the car. He's very gracious, though, and he slides in. And as he's kind of wedging himself into our little tiny car, I go to the other side and get in. And as he sits down, we both hear this noise. And I'm thinking, wow, a legendary TV icon broke wind in my car. Right? This is exciting. This is pretty good stuff. But we don't say anything to each other. (laughs) And I'm driving, and I get to the uh, TV station. And I said, here we are, Mr. Allen. And he said, now, will you be here to pick me up after this? And that's when it hit me. He doesn't realize I've got to, I'm doing the interview. You're the show. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, so I opened the door, and he gets out. And he had sat on my little, one of my kids' toys. Of course he <laughs> It did. was a whoopee cushion then. <laughs> so he gets out, and he came, he came in, and we did a, we usually used to do a half-hour show. He did a full hour. Wow. And just had such a great time. Yeah. And it was one of those moments where... I don't win awards, but for me, that was kind of like, wow, that's pretty cool that you get to talk to this guy. So he was great. Another time, uh, I got an, uh, a press release from Dolly Parton's people, and she was promoting a movie. And this was during a time when her uh, career, she was a huge star, and now she's a huge legendary star. But in the middle, there were some fallow years mm-hmm. where she was trying to make a movie career, mm-hmm. and most of the movies weren't really clicking. And she had done a movie about a a radio talk show host, actually, and she was out promoting this movie, like going town to town. So they sent an email, or uh, not an email, they sent me a press release, old-fashioned snail mail, and it said, uh, Dolly Parton will be in Kansas City. Would you like to interview? And I called, and I said, I would love to. And they said, that's fine, but you need to come to her because she's not going to be going to different places. So you need to come to her. They'll have at the hotel, they'll have a suite set up where you can set up the camera. I said, great. And happened to be at the uh, what is now the downtown Marriott, and then it was the Alice Plaza, which was right across the street from Channel Line. And so I went into the newsroom. I said, I need to borrow a photographer to go shoot this interview. And they gave me a, a man named Rafael Segura, who I had worked with forever. We did feature stories forever together. I said, Rafael, we're going to do an interview today. It'll be fun. And I didn't tell him who it was because I thought this would be neat for him to see Dolly Parton walk in. So we go over to the Alice Plaza. He sets up his camera and his lights. And we're waiting for uh, Dolly Parton to arrive. And I said, Rafael, um, 
when our guest gets here, can you put the mic on her? Because I don't really know how to do that. I don't do it right. I never do it right. And he kind of looks at me like I'm crazy and says, Nichols, of course. I'll, of course just, yes, just shut up. So uh, I, he's holding the mic, uh, wireless mic. So he's got a little pack into the mic. And, and in walks Dolly Parton, looking exactly like Dolly Parton. And Dolly Parton looks. Oh, I mean, wow. and she had everything was skin Whether tight. Whether it be back in the day or even now. Exactly. Yes. Skin tight, short skirt, plunging uh, neckline, and uh, as nice as she could be. And she walks in and she sits down. And I said, okay, Raphael, let's um, you know, mic up our guest and off we'll go. And poor Raphael walked over to her and his hands were just shaking. I was going to say, probably shaking. Yeah. Oh, and he's just, he's not sure. And, and as you well know, News photographers are used to running a mic up anybody's Anybody, shirt. Let's yep. go. He was, and she looked at him, and she said, Honey, go ahead and put that mic wherever you have to put it, because you can't touch me anywhere I ain't already been touched. <laughs> I thought, how sweet. Uh, Dolly got it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so you're like, those were fun times. And then, you know, I interviewed a lot of local folks over the years, and, and that was always kind of fun to, to meet people like that. So that was a fun show to do. It's a, it's a shame in a sense, maybe in a bigger sense, that... Uh, as TV stations change what they do and get into the news and the paid local inserts and stuff like that, that we've gotten away from, in a sense, broadcasting. Right. You know? Um, and I, I'm, I'm a huge believer, and I've told this to folks upstairs for decades, that I think you know, local TV stations do such great things in, in many different ways. But one of the things that I wish we could bring back from the old days is the ability of going to the county fairs and doing a whole newscast yeah. from the, you know, these right, absolutely. county fairs outside and doing these local programs. Um, maybe, maybe maybe a little less news and a little more something else. Right. Um, well, it goes back to what you're saying about where people get their information because that phone cannot necessarily go to the local fair. Right. But you could send your news team there. Absolutely. And make a personal con connection. Absolutely. That's, and that will set you apart. Absolutely. You know, and so at 41, I was fortunate that Brian Bracco, who had been news director at nine, became GM, and he gave me the opportunity to do this talk show again mm -hmm. for four years. So, because he, he had a, he had a premium on local, let's do something local, let's mm -hmm. do this local. So, uh, you're right. It, it is kind of a vanishing thing. The other thing that bothers me, and this bothered me just yesterday, I was ranting uh, to my wife, and, and then of course she left because she doesn't want right, to hear because, me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, Joe. I, yeah. I was watching, and even the dogs left the room. It's yeah, very sad, not Joe. Good. Not good. Um, but uh, I was watching an interview with Aaron Rodgers, and what he had to say about um, the players' union and players' rights was very important and very compelling. But Whoever put this interview together didn't trust us as viewers to pay attention. They were afraid we would lose interest if they didn't throw in music in the, behind it, this driving kind of, and if they didn't cut in a bunch of uh, B-roll, and if they didn't take some weird drone-like angle shot. Of, <laughs> and I'm thinking, wait a minute, the human face, number one, is pretty interesting right. all by itself. Right. Number two, what he's saying, you clearly think it's important enough to devote three minutes of your newscast to. Do we and, need all the whiz -bang? Exactly, and yeah. we're losing what you, is important here. So let's just put a, let's do it the old-fashioned way and have a two-shot camera and then a camera over your interviewer's uh, shoulder and focus on what Aaron Rodgers is saying. And I thought, this is not trusting the viewer now. We're saying we can't trust you to pay attention, even for three minutes. And it's not <laughs> as if 
people can't figure it out because, my gosh, the number one rated show typically week in and week out is 60 Minutes. Right. And it's not as if they're going crazy no. with all this other stuff. It's usually exactly. typically just a straightforward interview. Right. And people watch it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. If, you, if the person has something important to say, they're going to watch it. Absolutely. So, And when, let me finish this part yeah. of the conversation by saying, get off my lawn! Yeah. <laughs> now! <laughs> seemed appropriate. There, you feel better now? <laughs> yes, I do. Good. Um, so of the guests that you did interview, are there any that you went into the show saying, this is going to be a good half hour show and I am on my game and here we <laughs> go and let the TV magic happen and all of a sudden it just falls flat on its face? I had one, I'm sure that there were more that I'm not remembering that mm -hmm. weren't as great as uh, I would like to for them to have been, and the fault will lie with me as the interviewer, not the guest. But there was one guest um, who was uh, an NPR radio person, okay. uh, and he may still be on the air. It's not Garrison Keillor. When I, I mean, mm -hmm. just so everybody knows, it wasn't him. <laughs> it was some other NPR radio person. Uh, and I don't even know if he's still on the air. But he used to do a radio show from Madison, Wisconsin, where I kind of my home area. And my mother-in-law knew him because they he worked he did his radio show from campus. She worked on campus, and I had kind of known of him before he ever had had this national show. And he had written a couple of books, um, and he was the books were funny, and his show was pretty funny. Uh, and he was coming to town, and I thought this would be great. This guy is hilarious. His book is funny. Um, I we have a shared history because we both know Madison. This would be good. And he came in, and he was so not interested in doing this interview. I mean, just not the least. Just not. I would ask a question, which was a, you know, why, how kind of question, and he'd just give a monosyllabic answer and move on. So uh, I did what most, what a good interviewer doesn't really want to do, which is monopolize the 20 minutes, because I had 20 minutes to fill. Right. So I'm starting to talk a lot more than I wanted to, and he's just like uh, mumbling, and I'd try to bring up something out of his book, um, because I, I found over the years, and when I teach at Johnson County Community College, I tell them, if your person you're interviewing knows that you've taken some time to learn about them, they're really happy about mm -hmm. that, and they'll give you more. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned things right out of his book, thinking that'll make him know I'm taking this seriously. It was boring, and it was uh, not funny, and we finish up, and he leaves. And uh, later he went from our little interview to do a live interview with uh, on Walt Bodine's radio show. There used to be a show on KCR with a guy named Walt Bodine, great guy. Yep. And he had a guest host at that time, um, Bev Chapman, who's a marvelous journalist mm -hmm. and a great interviewer and everything. And she was guest hosting. And she knew more about this particular guest than I did. So she, I knew her interview would be great. And I saw her a few days later. And I said, I need to ask you, what was he like for you? Because I said, I think I really messed it up. I don't think. And she said, I am so disappointed. He just didn't care about it just being didn't there. happen. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that's really weird. So a couple weeks go by. This guy goes back to Madison. He's in the copy room doing something. And my mother-in-law walks in and says, oh, you were in uh, Kansas City recently talking about your book, right? And he said, yeah. He said, she said, oh, I think you did my son-in-law's show. And he looked at her and said, ugh. The host isn't supposed to talk more than the guest and walked out. And I said, you know, he was not into this. Yes. Now, I find out even later, later that he was saying, I have bad allergies and I was on medication. May be true, but that's the only one when somebody asks about the ones that just go thud, that one just went thud. Just went thud. Oh, man. And, and it should have been good because he was good. So do you take 
responsibility. You, you alluded to it. You mentioned it uh, once or twice here in the last couple of minutes that you feel like you weren't doing as good as you should have yeah. done. But is it possible that maybe you were doing as good as you could have done? Well, I think I could be charitable and say that, but I, I keep thinking, even when I think about it, and thanks for bringing it up and rubbing salt in the wounds, Joe, um, <laughs> after all these years. Yeah. <laughs> but when I think about it, I think, oh, maybe there's a different way to get into this. Maybe there would have been something to do differently. I'm heartened a little bit by the fact that when he went to talk to Ben, who is much smarter than I am, <laughs> that she also said, you know, he just wasn't really. So mm-hmm. I, that makes me feel like this was just an off day for him. Mm-hmm. But it just happened to be an off day where we all needed to get something It just done. wasn't going to happen. No. So of the locals around, are there people that you wish would have said yes to you to come on by well, or I something along I was pretty lucky. Um, I had a lot of people who said who have said yes and uh, that I was really lucky to have say yes, like Henry Block and, mm-hmm. and his son Tom. Great interview, great people, great interviews. Um Maybe uh, the, uh, one of my favorite people to ever talk to, whether it was on TV or not, was Bill Grigsby. Oh, uh, Bill could spin a story. Oh, man. You could say, hi, yeah. Bill, and then I could be quiet for right. 20 minutes. And that's a great interview right there. Oh, man. Yeah. And so, and the thing I loved about Bill is uh, a lot of things, but we had been here just a short time, maybe a week or two, and I got a call. And this voice on the other end of the phone says, is this Joel Nichols? And I said, Yeah. And he said, this is Bill Grigsby. And I said, oh, I didn't really know him yet. I kind of mm-hmm. knew his name. And I said, yes, sir, what can I do for you? And he said, well, Fran and I just love watching you in the morning. If there's anything you ever need, talk, tell, let me know. And it's, I didn't know him from Adam. And then over the years, I got to know him fairly well, and I interviewed him a lot. And um, those interviews, and I probably interviewed him on my talk show, I don't know, half a dozen times, those were really fun because, yeah. I mean, you could – Say like we were saying, he'd just have story. He would just have a story. story. And uh, so that was a local guy that I really look back fondly. Marilyn May, the the singer, she's another one that's great. But somebody who I wanted to have on and I never could get, you know, nobody comes right to mind. I was really lucky. Most Mm -hmm. of the folks that I would kind of talk to or or, uh, somehow get to, they usually eventually would come down and and sit and talk. There's a. and I'm going to, this is maybe part of the reason he didn't do it, because I can't remember his name. Uh, great editorial cartoonist for the Kansas City Star, whose name is eluding me. Bill. But he was, he, I, I tried to get him on, and he never was interested. And he was very nice about it, uh-huh. but he wasn't interested in doing it. Huh. But I've, I've been very lucky. People have been, over those years of doing that, and then when I did a little podcast for the last year or so, people were pretty nice about it. So circling back. That is the one sort of thing that you're kind of missing, yeah. or that you did miss the most. Yeah, I think that's the thing yeah. that's the most fun. Yeah. That you enjoyed doing the most and stuff like yeah. that. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, close this first part. All right, all right, of the podcast. We're going to pick it up in a part two, though. Oh, boy. because we're going to circle back to weather. Part two, because this is called Joe's Weather World. Because it's Joe's Weather World, and in the world of Joe, whatever happens, happens. It's all good. All right, so with all that said, thank you so much for listening to part one of my conversation with Joel Nichols. Stand by for part two. See you soon.